mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Robert? I'm feeling angelic. Are you? Yes, because I'm an angel. Mm, debatable. Mm, okay, I'm not really, but um, sometimes in the incredible photography of our guest today, yeah, um, I've been thinking a lot about this relationship to kind of like religious iconography. All right. Because even though he makes very contemporary, you know, images that are on the front covers of fashion magazines and even music videos by people like the XX, who yeah. are just one of the album coolest covers. bands ever. Yeah, and album covers and everybody listening to this show will have seen our guest's imagery. Yeah. I actually think there's a really complex history in the way that he presents particularly the male um, and masculinity, mm. and um, which made me think a lot of religious iconography for some reason. Mm. So, yeah, so that, that was the angelic connection. God, I love that. Yeah, me too. Well, you're going to, yes, as Rob said, you're going to have seen a lot of the images of this uh, photographer, but now you're going to hear from the man behind the work. Who's also photographed you. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. So we'll get on to that because I'm sure it's one of the best experiences of his career. <laughs> anyway, so we would like to welcome to Talk Art, Alistair McClellan. Hello there. How are you, mate? <laughs> you feeling good? Yeah, very, very, very good, yes. Are you? Yes. Good. We're <laughs> very, very year. happy to have you here. It's a new year, new you. It is. Happy New Year to you, bro. <laughs> Does it feel year. like uh, a new year for you? Does this feel like uh, you're going into the 20s and a different decade of work's going to emerge? Well, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like every other new year. I mean, I guess we'll not know about this decade until probably the middle of it or something like what it's about, usually. When I don't, it's interesting because I always sort of think that it's that weird period, isn't it, between 2000 and 2020. It's like a sort of no man's land. Yeah. It's yeah. like even when I look back at like 1900 and 1920, I sort of don't really know much about what... That is so true. That is, I mean, obviously the First World War was yeah. quite significant. Yeah, yeah. The Titanic and things like that. But I, yeah. I sort of always find it quite difficult to define it as a sort of thing whereas like obviously once the 20s come in like you sort of know what the 20s look like or so 1920s I think because it's like the noughties and the 10s are always such a, a well, I don't, kind of frustrating I way don't of describing think that ever, it I, and also I don't I think that ever caught on I don't think no. everyone really called it the noughties we're in the, the noughties yeah, also the of, 20s was such a specific strong you know identifiable age yeah wasn't and like it? the 30s 40s all of them yeah. decades from the last century sort of feel very defined by a lot of things yeah we've got tea coming in for you now uh, you, right, you've ordered you a, a builder's tea for all those who want to know what alistair mcclellan drinks it's a builder's strong well, and it doesn't look like a builder's to me oh a coffee cup milky. surely but yes oh yeah that's not a teacup that's a coffee <laughs> cup i'm sorry mate so you're right. gonna have, but you like it strong and milky uh, yeah i do yeah. yeah 
Oh, look, you, oh, what's that? This is um, mint tea. For who? For the glamorous person that is me. Oh, I didn't get any mint. No, you can share my, my cup if you want. No, thanks. I'm just, a, I'm, as I told you, I'm an angelic, I'm an angelic mint, mint precious, drinking, mint precious drinking soul who slag. needs some mint tea in his life. <laughs> that's a really mean thing you just said there. How dare you identify me as a, the S word? Anyway, so you, you can pour tea, you can pour tea while we're talking. I so, spit, it's a bit weak at the moment. Oh, oh okay, you're going to let it brew for a bit longer. A little bit, like, yeah. Oh my God, mine's literally like water. Well, it's mint, isn't no, it? No, but it's just like see-through. I mean, I'm just going to put it, put it back cold, in. Yeah. So we're going into uh, 2020. So are you already booked up? Do you know what's coming up for you this year? Are you like solid? I mean, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, <laughs> very solid, yes. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, you sort of, there's stuff on the calendar. You think, okay, well, like, you know, there's like campaigns and there's like editorials and then there's like your own sort of personal projects that you sort of got booked in. Yeah. But then that can all just disappear and change. See, like, you might get booked on the campaign, you might not get booked on the campaign, you might get... But you must have regular brands you work with, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. You sort of like... But it's like a sort of like... It's a bit of a... You know, it's a... It's the thing where you might sort of continue working for that brand, or you might they might have a break and they might sort of go with someone else. And, and you never, so you're not contracted for like a period of time with them. Not really ever. No, I don't think that sort of. I mean, I think that thing, that sort of thing existed a long time ago, maybe in the nineties, but not really now. Right. Also, I, I guess in the world of fashion, it's all about the new and spontaneity and and things like that. So in a way, well, you probably need that element to exist for it to you know, have its certain, magic. There's a certain element of you know, like whoever's cool. Or hot right now, oh, right. you know. Yeah, it's, a bit, yeah. it's a bit like any sort of art, to yes. be honest. But yes. maybe fashion's a little bit more yeah. extreme in that sense because yeah. I guess people go off you like they go off a pair of shoes and stuff. Like, okay, well we're not into him, so I'll just put them in the back of the closet or just throw them out. I don't know. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Do you so, find it quite ruthless? Have you had moments? In well, your I think I think it's. But I'm sure it's the same as acting. Yeah. Like it, you know, you you hot, so hot right now, and then you're suddenly not so hot right now. You know, you sort of just feel like. I mean, I don't. I've never really felt it to be honest. Luckily. But, you know, I sort of feel that obviously you never know, do you? So but in a way, I think that's actually probably why we wanted to talk to you and not other, you know, because it's not like we usually have fashion photographers on Talker. Mm -hmm. But the one person and alongside yourself that we've, we've invited to the show to talk to us was Jamie Hawksworth. Yes. And the reason is because both of you, I think, very much stand alone from... I, I kind of understand your work not just as being fashion it somehow has its own life fine art yeah. and, it, and, and it, it, it's, it's definitely elevated above you know like the mainstream or oh, something somehow and I f for example things that you have done very constantly if we're talking about a regular collaboration are things like the front covers of the Gentlewoman magazine mm -hmm. which is a magazine which I think is so extraordinary mm -hmm. and your front cover images I know when you, you're yeah. the one who's done them because they are Alistair McClellan photographs you know it doesn't oh, matter who you. they are whether it's Beyonce or or, you know, even Margaret when Margaret Atwood, I Margaret thought that Margaret Atwood, Atwood cover oh. was just well. Thank you very much. Incredible. We love Margaret Atwood anyway because *The Handmaid's Tale* is such a revolutionary important. But just that image of her thing, was just, the I'm image of so her. like powerful. Oh, and you don't. You and the thing about gentlewomen is you don't expect to see these people on the covers of magazines like that. Well, what what I always like about the gentlewoman is I think you can put what's great about it is you can put anyone in that context. I sort of think it's a well that and fantastic man. I always sort of like the appreciate the fact that you can sort of go for very sort of very sophisticated people like Margaret Atwood and then you can sort of you can delve in the world of television which some people are very snobby about and mm. sort of you know but you can sort of pick, you can pick people like someone like Julia Davis which I thought was a very good person amazing that, that, yeah. they, that, that we did once that um but Penny's always very very nice the editor and she's 
you know, very been very supportive and like I suggest people all the time and and she's happy to sort of go with some people sometimes. Really? And yeah, That's yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I've suggested people in the past and we've sort of like someone like Julia Davis is someone I really wanted to photograph because I was such oh a sort God, of huge fan so of um, cool. of Nighty Night and things like that. And I sort yeah. of thought, like, it, you don't sort of see a sort of talented sort of comedian like that sort of being put into sort of a fashion context like that, really. Exactly. But that magazine can, can, does really work because it seems to sort of... It seems to celebrate the fact that the, you have an amazing comedian in it, and it like certain other magazines. I don't think that she like she doesn't sort of seem to fit into it, but because because the interviewing, the the journalism so good, I sort of think they really sort of understand mm. sort of the you know the importance of making a TV show like Night Night or yes. something like that, and yeah, how, yeah, and also her podcast is so revolutionary. The craft of it all, yes, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Another thing that I really love, you know, talking about Julia Davis, for example, is that is actually what sums up your photography and what makes it important is the psychology behind the person you're photographing and the fact that they come through. There's like a presence of the personality of the, you know, which sounds obvious because if you're taking a photo of someone, of course it's them. But actually capturing someone's essence is such a tricky thing. And with a lot of fashion photography, you often look at the clothes because that's obviously what people are trying to well, sell. Yeah, of course. And yeah, but yeah. in your work, Good as well point. as looking at the clothes, yes. I, I also get, get, you know, you get this capturing this essence of a person's yes. kind of energy and everything which then transcends you know and it becomes this kind of I'm being a bit gushy now but yeah. but this kind of like very special moment in time in a way and then it probably would make you want to buy clothes in the sense because y you want to be in that moment with that you're person you're capturing a mood yeah, your exactly, work yeah. seems to have a mood do you yeah. know what I mean well I mean I, tr I try to sort of create I don't know I create a little world for my sort of photography like that's what I sort of think is very important as a photographer because Obviously, there's so much imagery around, and you sort of really have to put yourself into the into the sort of photograph. Yeah. As in, in terms of like, obviously, not every portrait you take, you can sort of like bring yourself, but you try and at least bring the you know the person that you're photographing out. Yes. Because it's a very sort of like it's a very sort of hard sort of process, and it's a, it's quite intimidating sometimes going into those situations. Like even now, when you're sort of photographing someone like Margaret Atwood, yeah. who's like not a, you know, not necessarily a household name in terms of like, obviously people have read the books and people know the TV series that, you know, that came out of her books, but you know, they don't sort of necessarily know her, but it, it's still, she's still sort of forced to be reckoned with. So you sort of feel like you have to sort of do your best and take an amazing picture of her, you know, and hopefully they will like, but you know, you also sort of, you want to bring a, you want to bring something out of them, which is, which is sometimes very very difficult because they might not be feeling that great that day. How or, do you do it? What What is your kind of skill set for that? I mean, there isn't one. I I just sort of do it. I don't know. How, I don't know how it happens. Like, I, honestly, I sort of think about that and think, okay, well, I could try. Like, there's there's no method to it. You just sort of you just. I don't know. I guess it's just you want the picture to be. The, I guess I just do what I do, and it, it's a. Uh, I mean, yeah, I have a certain idea in my mind what I want the pictures to do, but I try to sort of make them as relaxed as they possibly can, mm. but. It isn't necessarily. I'm actually meeting you today for the first time because I've never met you before. I've only right. seen you in a photograph, which I don't know if it's a self-portrait or not. But there's it's a few photographs. My, like my lovely you... assistant Lex took that picture, oh, okay. probably, or took the pictures that. Yeah, so that, that funnily enough, is the way that you've communicated your image to the world, as yeah. I understand you through that image in a way. But meeting you today, you are a very kind of grounded. Um, you seem quite an authentic. You know, you're just very true to who you are. Like I feel like that you are you, if that makes sense, which must make the um, person who you're photographing feel, feel relaxed and yeah. comfortable. Well, hopefully. I mean, hopefully, they, hopefully they like my pictures and they feel like they're comfortable enough to sort of just let themselves be photographed, I guess, yeah. in a sense. So 
And we'll see. I photographed Russell, so maybe you can tell me what it was yeah, like. True. I don't know. Oh, was it, like? it was traumatic. Well, I really <laughs> no, but what? I mean, what was that? That was like ten years ago. Really? Nine. It was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, a while yeah, ago. Was... I mean, but that was. Them photos were like fantastic, but that was at a time when I was sort of that was post History Boys, I it think, was, yeah, and I was sort of starting that. to like well, get a bit of attention. Yeah, but it was it was like I don't know. I hadn't I hadn't really worked with anyone like yourself before. I don't think, and I you made me yeah feel really comfortable and really kind of cool. I think you just have that cool kind of vibe, and there was nice clothes there, and it just felt collaborative. I think that's what it is. Is that you feel like it's not like I'm going to take a piece of you. I'm I'm the master. It feels like we're going to do this together and create. Yeah, a story I think that's here. important though. Yeah. yeah. I think that's very important to sort of be collaborative, really. Um, but just in terms of like bringing, I, I, I always sort of think you need to put yourself in as a as a sort of photographer. You know, I think you, you do need to sort of create your own world. You do need to sort of say something. And I think you can only sort of really draw from stuff that's happened to you or experiences or stuff that your references that you like, because otherwise you can't you can't really sort of say uh, what you want to say if you're you know constantly sort of not putting yourself into the photograph like so i always sort of draw a lot from experiences from my past from my childhood from my teen years from growing up right, right a lot of work tends to come from those experiences from but it it also comes from stuff i was listening to or you know imagery that i liked and you know you just sort of pick on things that you really sort of that, that inspired you basically what has, what has been a big moment in your life then that has changed your because you got a camera at 13 didn't you yeah what, what happened in that and where, where did you grow up again you grew up in the i grew up in i grew up in um a uh, in a sort of small village near Doncaster in South Yorkshire so I um, yeah my mum bought me a camera at 13 and I had I you know, asked for it? no I hadn't she just bought me like a little Helena 35mm I mean it's kind of a crappy camera to be honest but, <laughs> but I mean I don't know there was something there's something about I don't know I remember getting the camera and a sort of few of my mates came around and we were just sort of taking pictures and I don't know we just it was just we were just sort of snapping like I don't know and it was just it just sort of felt quite sort of fun and I hadn't really sort of thought about it really being a career really? or anything really and then right, right. and so so I, I remember sort of taking pictures of my mate Daniel who was like a the same age as me and we were walking to um my fr- this other friend of ours called Emma's house and we were, so we were just taking pictures on the way because I was just kind of a I don't know, it was just something to do. Yeah. So it was like, I don't know, it's like a 20-minute walk. She like lived way out in the countryside. So, And um, and then we took some pictures of them too. And it was just, I don't know, we just sort of just did that. And then and then slowly I sort of, I was really into music. And then, so I'd look at sort of album sleeves and look at music videos on like the Top of the Pops or the Chart Show or whatever. And I just was really interested in the imagery. And so, but I was really into music. So me and my another friend, we used to DJ. We sort of did this, DJing at this youth club one night in the village and one of my dad's friends sort of saw us and thought we were really good and then we sort of got, ended up getting this residency in this bar in Doncaster. No way! What, when you were like 13? Like, no, we were like, this was like 14, 15. And what kind 14, of records are you playing? Well, we, I was really into house music so I remember sort of thinking, okay, well this is like, I don't know, we, I, so I, I don't know, I just remembered like, but it wasn't just like sort of house music that's like cool house music that mm. obviously it was like you know it was like some of the remixes of like some big artists of the time like oh, okay yeah and like yeah. things like that as well and and you so I'd, i sort of got to learn photography through sort of the imagery of like people like pet shop boys or like i mean morrissey sort of a bit later because but like you know i remember sort of being inspired by like his uh, his record sleeves with the smiths and then like his you know and then 
and then like some of his solo um, records and yeah, things like that. And then yeah. like even people like Madonna, even like, yeah. you know, like the fact that she sort of had her Brits taking all those pictures. So I sort of got sort of introduced to photography through, you know, like the true blue sleeve or something I like that. I was just that. about to you say, know, like, last night I was thinking about Warhol because we um, went to the Tate and they've got a show coming up this year about mm-hmm. Warhol. And I was thinking about even though Warhol didn't take that photo on true blue, it's such a Warholian image in a way, as yeah, well as being her Brits, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But there's that, you know, the blonde and the way that she wanted to you know form her image and then found these different collaborators like even Stephen Mizell later in the sex book and all those those amazing collaborations she had it's like such an interesting phenomenon which I do think came out of art actually well I think so I mean just to correct you Stephen Mizell did the like a virgin sleeve so I think she had a relationship with him before oh before okay but like I don't know so I remember sort of seeing all these record sleeves and seeing all this stuff and I just remember sort of thinking god that looks really good and I remember being so into music that thinking oh I could I could maybe be a producer or something like that, right? Really? Is, which is a bit weird. A music but, producer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I remember thinking, I think me and my mates went to a recording studio one day to sort of in Doncaster, and this was just in some like like horrible, like horrible sort of like industrial estate on the outskirts of Doncaster. You awesome. can imagine in the late 80s what kind of, kind of place would look like. But anyway, but it was so expensive. I just thought, oh, we can never, we're not be able to, it's like 120 pound an hour or something like yeah. that. Even then I was thinking, we never be able to, like, we can't afford that. Yeah. Like, that's mental. <laughs> So um, so I just thought, oh, that's, that's just never going to happen. So I remember sort of continuing taking pictures of my friends. but it, And like sometimes we'd have parties at my friend's house or my house when mum and dad had sort of gone away for the night. They'd gone to their mates that were like about half an hour away. So I'd end up sort of like inviting loads of friends. And we just I just used to just take pictures all the time. I don't know, it sort of like felt like a... It almost felt like a way of sort of being accepted in sort of like a social sort of like group because you know you, you get the pictures developed at Boots or whatever or the local chemist and then they sort of I don't know by you take them to school and everyone be your mates they want to see the photos you take so yeah. yeah. that way was of, like your role in the social sort circle. of a little yeah. bit yeah it sort of ended up sort of being that that was sort of like how I sort of yeah became God, created the, the your, magic yeah. of um, Just get popular I guess but, the, um, the magic of going to Boots and then finding the the negatives I used to like really <laughs> protect the I negatives this, I used to yeah, love the negatives and all that yeah it was such a mine, mine always come back with a sticker across it saying it's been overexposed or do you remember oh, yes. they used to put the stickers well, on them oh my fair, have you still like, got these pictures yeah of course yeah yeah I've got like everything yeah so um, so I remember sort of you know I remember taking these pictures of my friends and then Anyway, so I remember thinking, okay, well, maybe I'm like, I remember sort of thinking, maybe I'm all right at this because a sort of lot of people like them. So I sort of started to take sort of like pictures of my friends in a sort of, I guess, a more composed way in the sort of, as if they were like a Bayer Herbert or a Bruce Weber or something like that. But they were just my mates from like Yorkshire. So they never really looked like what you'd find in a Herbert's picture or, right. or a Bruce Weber picture or anything like that, really. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah. looked like my mate. But I'd try and do black and white or something. And, um, and then, uh, and then my my uh, English teacher just sort of basically saw them at my GCSE art. He saw them in the hall or whatever and went, oh, you're really good. You should be a photographer. So I kind of, so that was my English teacher, Mr. Tebbett, who was a very good English teacher, even though I was not a very good student. English student, to be honest. <laughs> but he did, to be honest, he did show us things like Kez and things like that. So he did really sort of inspire a lot of visual stuff in me oh, which, was, best, which is it? which is you know which is amazing and and uh and um so uh yeah so i kind of have him to thank for you know giving me the idea that, that i could be a photographer really was you playing with light then looking at them photographs trying to I recreate mean, I mean, them was you aware of it well sort of i mean not really i mean you, i mean i remember sort of like starting to sort of like uh, like 15 16 starting to sort of like get into magazines you know um things like 
Record Mirror and Smash Hits, and then I'd sort of like work my way onto like Sky and Magazine and like mm. things like The Face and ID. You know, about sixteen, I remember uh, the Ian Brown cover of The Face, and and then the Kate Moss, obviously the Corinne Day one. Yeah, I remember I all those sort of those those photographs, and I think it was like the, particularly Corinne's imagery and David Sims's pictures. Like I remember sort of thinking, well, they're photographing these sort of skinny, sort of like quite rock and roll models that don't look like what I sort of imagine a, a male and female model, which is, more, you know, more the Cindy Crawfords or like a real sort of like, I guess a hunky guy or whatever. Like, mm. And I remember thinking, oh, okay, well, maybe if their pictures are existing in magazines, maybe my pictures of my friends that are sort of like quite English and sort of quite, I guess, sort of a bit sort of scally kind of looking like mm. that the, 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 that casting would work in, in a context of, a magazine like The Face or ID or something like yeah. that. So when well, that's I'm... continued through your work. That that earlier uh, taste of yours, of your friends, has completely permeated your work forwards because your work is, for me, in my opinion, incredibly British and proudly so, but like not very suburban British. You're, you're like doing like post-war kind of vibe of these towns yeah, that I exist mean, and the characters that are there. Well, I sort of always thought of took my casting as, for certain things, not everything, obviously you have to sort of, you know, have to move... <laughs> a little bit on from that but like mm. essentially like the casting I've always sort of liked was uh, you know basically I sort of always cast it as if they were my friends that I grew up with basically really? in a sort of weird way because I just Completely sort of makes sense well I sort of didn't really sort of think, well, like, again I sort of think that's what I was you know I really liked you know my friends were really great and I really liked them so <laughs> I, it was sort of like a I don't know, like it was just, it just seemed to make sense to me because you know as a photographer you've got to sort of you've got to really come up with something new to show the world because you you know you can't you can't just sort of follow what everyone else is doing. So you have got to really sort of you know you've got to sort of think. Well, okay. I'm, so I thought, well, I'll cast my people that I that I think I grew up that I think look like my friends that I grew up with, and then that's how I sort of ended up sort of I guess getting my identity because I sort of thought about all the sort of th- friends and the um the pictures that I took of them, and I don't think my style has changed particularly that much since basically since I've got the pictures when I was 13 of wow. my friend Daniel walking to Emma's house when we were uh, yeah, 13 or whatever so yeah. I, I, you know I still think this, this, it's still the same approach but that's interesting because that's the core of who you are mm. and that's almost really great advice if you're a young artist or a young photographer is just to remember that actually the key to the whole thing is to find out who Yourself. you are yeah, yeah. and what your voice is because that will then connect to other people because it's that genuine you know response to the world well I feel like when I see a lot of photographers I sort of feel like I don't sometimes see them I sort of see what they think they should be doing or whatever's cool exactly and I I think it's just important that you just you just be yourself really and I sort of feel like most great you know photographers or singers or like artists or you know actors or whatever they're just obviously acting is very different but I think think there is an essence of yourself as well you've got to sort of bring into things you draw on that it's your own experiences isn't it everyone that's successful sort of I think and the, the I think they have to sort of put themselves into whatever they're doing, really. So yeah. what happens when you, as an adult, suddenly became very in demand and mm. successful and you are like one of the world's you know, best fashion photographers now? You're kind of one of the world's most respected, whether you like it or not, it's true. Yeah. But, you know, you've, you've ended up photographing, say, Adele for the front mm. cover of her album, 25. Mm-hmm. And you were and obsessed with album covers and then you go yeah. and make an album cover for one of the biggest albums that are sold ever. Yeah, it's quite good, I thought. But yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You just like, like I said, like you just 
like again the situation with Adele is like I just you know I we'd done it for the gentlewoman before the sort of which again was amazing cover before like you know because she we just sort of did know it like I think it was I think it was like we shot her in November or December or something and then like by January February that the album Twenty One had just come out and obviously. She was quite sort of, you know, I guess it was be- before she became the huge. Yeah. Obviously, the first album was like people liked it, yes, but it yes, wasn't yes. like a, it wasn't like a huge, huge thing. And then suddenly, no. so I think Rolling in the Deep came out the week after we'd sort of done the pictures and that. And then she became this sort of like huge phenomenon, real phenomenon. Like especially in America, they were all like really into yep. her. And I never forget the me- the moment I realised it was when you were watching um, things like not Pop Idol, X Factor shows like that on ITV or whatever. And then suddenly, the, all the audition tapes were her song. Like yes. every single yeah, yeah, person, yeah, yeah, male yeah. or female, that went in would sing an Adele song. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Simon Cowell on the one episode that I watched was like, not another Adele song. If you're coming in to sing an Adele song, you can't do it. And I was like, wow, she's actually gone like mainstream. Yeah, That's like yeah. so profound. It's like so rare that happens as well. Of course. So 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 anyway, then and then eventually, so she remembered those pictures and really liked them. And so when it came to came to twenty five, she said, oh. Well, everyone keeps on talking about a gentlewoman shoot, so I've asked you to do the pictures. Wow. Yeah, so so it's very nice of her to sort of. And what was she like to work with? What was the experience? Oh, like? Yeah, she was she was brilliant. I mean, it was like we were playing for it with Mac on the day, and I remember that much. Her choice. Well, it was kind of. But I just said, "What? What do you like that we both like?" Kind of thing, and she just went, "Oh, I like Fleetwood Mac," and then, so we put Fleetwood Mac on. But it's quite okay. sort of. It's quite sort of strange when you're sort of photographing Adele, and then she starts sort of see, breaking out into landslide or, or like, oh you know, wow or like things like that. Where you're like, awesome. oh, okay, and obviously she can. She's got a she very, good, she's got a very <laughs> nice voice. So she's a bit pitchy, but she can sing. No, yeah. no, 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 no pitchy. <laughs> no not, pitchy. No, I actually <laughs> had a similar experience with Amy Winehouse when she was alive. Because, oh, right, okay. um I used to be in a band, and we did South by Southwest, and she was playing on a similar night to us, and I went into the venue and she was singing on stage but like really not properly just like quickly testing the mic because she could not be bothered to do a sound check and I remember her just coming out with a few lines of stuff and then just stopped and would t- start talking and you were just like oh my yeah, god when she like opened that. her mouth yeah. it was like an angel singing and then when she started talking it was just totally normal down to earth mm. human being Yeah, and yeah well, it was a bit like that with Adele she was very very she's yeah very 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 down to earth person Incredible. Sort of quite real and I don't know like again like I sort of when you sort of photograph and you meet people, you can, the people that are tend to sort of like, you know, know know themselves a lot and they are themselves tend to be sort of like really, really easy and genuinely down to earth. Because Interesting. They, because they, they just are. Who they are. You know, great, like they usually sort of are a great person. So they sort of just end up sort of just being quite, quite normal, which sounds ridiculous when you've got someone as big as Adele, but she does come out like she is kind of very herself so if you think of the intimacy of that image because it's a very direct image that front Mm -hmm. cover and you seem very close to her in a way and i think you bring us close to her which is important for her music as well because it's such a personal story of all of her songs um do you do you find it uh, how how do you set up the studio do you find it complicated with like big sets because i always have these pictures of like fashion shoots with about 50 people on set you've got a stylist you've got a lighting person you've got uh, interns you've got all these different people mm. around so how do you work with that is that well, something I, I you mean, have I, to learn i mean i don't ever shoot with lights really like rarely i don't sort of i think they sort of they I, like i sort of like to keep the setup a bit similar to what like again like when i was growing up right because i always used to just i just use daylight really like even in studios i just use daylight and i don't ever use if it's a light then it's like a like it's just like a on-camera flash because i sort of appreciate the sort of the basicness of that and Mm. i sort of feel like it's it's the reality of that in a in a a way because it's it's 
not similar to what I would take pictures when I was taking pictures of my friends at a party because obviously it's at night so you have to have a flash anyway because you can't use available lights. It's right, right, blurred. right. But, so I like the idea of just daylight and I like the idea of on-camera flash and then some, obviously sometimes, you know, you do need to light things but it's just very rarely that I do it because I just, for some reason it doesn't, it just looks too much maybe like a fashion picture then or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that I've sort of, that I'm not so... It's almost inspired like a, by. It's almost like in. a set of parameters then. So it's like well, a kind a, of set of rules that you it, set for yourself. Yeah, in a way. A because way of sort, uh, yeah, because I sort of, you know, I, I I like the sort of, I like something to feel quite real in a sense mm. that even if it's totally, like I said, like when I was saying about creating a world, like I, I generally sort of think that even if they're, even if it's not, uh, even if a photograph is meant to look like a documentary picture and isn't a documentary picture, it should still sort of like, which is sometimes like I've taken pictures because I always sort of do go back to my hometown and take pictures all the time. And like sometimes you do, do you? So, you go back now and do that. Well, I, I, yeah, all the time I sort of, I revisit it because one of my favorite photographers, Tom Wood, who's, um, who's based in Liverpool and, you know, and Merseyside and, you know, the Wirral and all that sort of thing. And he just took basically just take, go out and take pictures of like the, the local people. And it, and I love his photographs. They're so sort of like, they're so like charming and real and and he really like, you can tell he loves the people of that area yeah. and mm. he's just completely and utterly in love with them. And I, and, I, and I thought, well, like, because I remember sort of like constantly going back up to my home count, country, uh, sorry, home um, town and um, Yorkshire and things like that and taking pictures and thinking, oh, I can't keep, doing that because it's just like people are getting bored but then when you sort of see his work you sort of really appreciate that you can actually can actually do that and he mm. made me realize that it's okay to keep revisiting the same place because you always find something different you keep mining it. it yeah but also like sometimes i find that if i take a picture like say a landscape if i take it in where i'm from or like areas that i know really well there seems to be much more emotional connection to the image so the image ends up sort of being way more emotionally mm. sort of Nostalgic. charged Nostalgic. than yeah. say yeah. if i took a picture in like I don't know, around the south of England, yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or San I'd, Francisco, or something, or, or, or like LA, or yeah. yeah, or San Francisco, or even pictures. Do you work on film or digital? Or always, both? always film. Really? really? Yeah, I would never shoot digital. I mean, I've done it a few campaigns where I thought, okay, maybe I should just accept it, and because the money's too good or something shallow like that. Because what? Because uh, what, <laughs> what, it was a demand from the brand. Well, uh, we, I remember we did some stuff for Armani, and we were in Japan, and we were in. Uh, Hong Kong and I think he wanted to see something at the end of the day and I sort of thought it's going to be just a lot easier this process if I sh shot on digital but I really sort of wish I'd not done that interesting sort of yeah but sometimes you need to experiment and it's it's good it to was worth try maybe experiment but not when you're getting paid by Armani to experiment oh, yeah, that's true. well yeah. I mean it, I mean I'd sort of done enough to sort of like make it still look like a photograph and yeah. there's ways to make things look like film but essentially I still prefer the I still prefer the process of film I like my favourite bit of doing a photo shoot is obviously, apart from the photo shoot, is getting the contact sheets back where you first... A bit like similar to when you got the photos back from Boots. Like, you can't help but, like, be totally excited. It's not like wow. today when, obviously, you can take a picture on your phone and you instantly see it. Like, it's sometimes very exciting having that sort of break between taking the photographs and actually seeing the photographs. Because right. you'd still, even now, you don't know what you're getting. How even long is that break? I mean, my lab is very nice, and they're very, they're very, they're very nice to me. So I can, <laughs> it can be very, very quick. It can be wow. like the next day. I can sort of the end of the day. I can see stuff, yeah. depending on how much I've shot. But like usually, I don't know, like one or two days. It depends. But 
You'll do a Polaroid as well, will you? Over the, uh, yeah, sometimes I'll do Polaroid, yeah. but like it's getting rarer and rarer to get Polaroid, so it's it's. Um, I don't know what we're going to do. Anyway, we'll we'll is work that, it is out. Is that a worry in the industry? Well, I mean, it's only. I mean, I don't know how many people shoot film. There's not a great deal of us left that still shoot film. I mean, it's weird. There's a lot of new, Jamie does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of new photographers um, seem to have sort of be really into film, which is great because it's a bit like vinyl records as well. Like people are now, you know, Rough Trade's doing really good business now. Because yes, it's they, true. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like it people are buying good. all those it's, record players, it's, it's and it's good. all sort of coming back. Like I noticed at Christmas, my family had a had a record player in the in the lounge, and I was like, "What?" And it's just one of these little record players in the box. You know, mm. you buy. Yeah, even really my nieces bought or um, Billie Eilish's records on. on I know, but it's, it's really interesting, and it's almost a way of somehow demonstrating your fandom or your your commitment to them well, because you actually want that yeah, object, which yeah. is the same as we all had when we were growing up. Yeah, of course, but yeah, it's, it's surprising that my like my nieces were like obsessed with. Billy Irish records and like they got a Ariana Grande on vinyl and right. like that. so they got these little record players as well yeah yeah so we've mentioned a lot of names photographer wise who are your heroes and have you met any of them um I met Tom Wood and I and, and he was he was great he was really brilliant um but there's I mean there's like lo- there's loads of photographers that I sort of appreciate but um so obviously you know I like Herb sadly is no with us Bruce Weber, I've never met. I've met David Sims briefly. Um, so I, I have met a few of my heroes, but I sort of kind of don't want to, just in case. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. it's really <laughs> disappointing occasionally well, when yeah. you meet a star yeah, who you've, you've really loved. It's happened to me a few times, and only a few times, luckily, because actually, like you say, often successful you know, people in the creative industries actually are often successful because they're really cool and they are actually great people and hopefully they will be like that. But then you've also got the troubled souls who just somehow can't quite function in the world and that's when they sing or they make their music or their art or whatever, that's when they shine. Yeah. And therefore the actual real them is so awkward and so difficult that it can be actually quite, they can be quite rude to you and it can actually really hurt me particularly because I'm so well, sensitive. If they're rude, they're rude. I'm still going to like them. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I mean, I've, I've photographed Morrissey once and because of like he's his visuals have sort of influenced me a hell of so a lot much, just yeah. in terms of like particularly in the smiths with his sleeves of like you know I, I i love the fact that he could go from like having you know someone like james dean on a cover to then someone from coronation street on a cover yeah. to to like you know like to like a warhol um candy darling picture to like you know mm. just to sort of have that sort of spectrum and i sort of like those sleeves really influenced me then like you know the videos influenced me but then something like the pet shop boys also their imagery really sort of resonated like the song the lyrics that they sort of that, that they wrote the imagery that created was also very inspiring and it's like i don't know i've, I've always thought of thought that a lot of the work the stuff that i've been inspired visually is not just photographers it's it's been it's been a hell of a lot of music videos it's been like sleeves it's been again like lyrics that are sort of conjured up imagery and things like that you know there's been a lot of things that have influenced me not just like photography what is it like photographing a photographer though because you photograph wolfgang tillmans i'm a fan of wolfgang i think he's a really like again like he's one of those people where i I just sort of when i see his photography i just i see him which is quite rare i think to find photographers that are well you just sort of see them like you don't i don't sort of see anything but him really wow and so it was great to sort of like meet him and and he was he was he was extremely friendly and warm and you know he was great we went you know we met, we went for dinner like a few like a few times because he wanted to like we obviously the pictures came out and then he was like oh I'd like to meet you so we could go through the contact sheet so we went through the contact sheets he was going oh why didn't you pick this one why didn't you? It was really quite, interesting it was quite interesting him to go through my contacts but yeah. I was like oh it's fine it's you know that's what it, I mean that that is kind of a that's a different dynamic I don't, isn't it? I, yeah. I don't mind I mean like I 
you know, like if he wants to look at them, he wants to look at them. He's yeah, cool. Enough. And I guess also, like, if you're photographing Adele, she probably wants to look too. I mean, there's a sense of like yeah, not she, everyone will. Yeah, but so there is a sense of controlling the image that will come out that will then represent. Yeah, in, in the end, sort of, we I picked out what I liked, and she picked out what she liked, and we end sort of like ended up. She, she she really liked this one picture, and I sort of agreed with her, so we went with that one. So wonderful. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When did it feel like you were a success or you were leading a successful career as a photographer? I mean, I don't know, about 2004 or something like that. I remember sort of being taken on by an agency called MAP and and uh and I remember it meaning something and uh and so I, I remember that was sort of the start but I mean I don't know I just sort of yeah it's just suddenly everything sort of fell into place and I sort of thought that I kind of felt like I knew what I was doing properly and uh so I, I yeah around 2004-2005 I felt like I'd, I'd met my peer group like you know working with because obviously we can all talk about like my imagery and that, but obviously my a lot of the imagery is we have a lot of collaborations. Like stylists are just equally as 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 important to the sort of fashion imagery that mm. you know that I've done in the past. Like you know, yeah, a lot definitely. of ideas come from them as well sometimes yeah. because they they can see the the clothing and they can interpret it and they can sort of like come up with the ideas because sometimes I can have a really amazing idea but the clothing might not just be on the catwalk or might not just Yeah, how much exist. say do you have over like the concept? Well, I think it, de- it depends on who you work with. Sometimes it's like it's all about me. Sometimes it's all about a stylist. Sometimes it's all like it just depends. Like yeah. as in, I mean, obviously, I, you know, we all, we choose the subject. We choose the, the casting ourselves, whether it's a, a man or a woman or whatever, you know, yeah. we usually come up with that together. But, you know, sometimes fashion ideas tend to be dictated by what, what the clothing is on uh, around that season. So, yeah. you know, so a stylist yeah. is obviously very integral to that. So it is it is a collaboration. And then you've got, you know, things, then you've got hair and makeup as well. They they really bring a lot to the to the, to the the shoot as well. So yeah. it really depends on on uh, what the story is about. But also that. I think it's who you're photographing. And there's a thread throughout your work, a kind of muse almost, where you've been photographing one person in particular called um, Blondie McCoy. Yes. Who's a, a skateboarder who, um, you can tell us how you met him, but um, he also makes art. And mm-hmm. um, it's a really amazing, he's got an amazing face, but he's just got an amazing attitude and personality. Yes. So can you explain a bit about that? Because you've also started to make books now. And your recent book is focusing on on your photography of Blondie no? yes. it's a muse for you now right well I mean I mean, I never really sort of I mean I don't know that word always sounds a bit I know it's strange. a bit intense that well, word I guess yeah I mean I grew up in Yorkshire like no one has <laughs> muse in Yorkshire like, right. he's, he's like, like, like I feel a bit they have muse Lee but they don't have muse that, yeah, no, exactly. well a, not even I tried to say the word thread I tried to say the word thread or motif because I feel like he somehow becomes this recurring figure anyway in well it's not like it's not like I don't know Salvador Dali and his wife but like so I don't know so I I started like I don't know like so I've 
there's obviously been a lot of like when I was at university, right? When I was studying photography, there was a lot of skateboarding sort of that felt very American and sort of all the skaters that I knew because my flatmate she was going out with a skater and he was and he was uh, like they just everyone dressed quite American or like they were into the Beastie Boys or something like that. So it felt sort of, course, of yeah. So I was never really interested in skate culture because it wasn't really what I was into. Right. And um and then I met Lev from Palace Skateboards very quite early on. They hadn't like I've met him before he'd even sort of made his t-shirts. But we met and we met on this shoot we were doing for Supreme in in London in about 2009. And he said, "Oh, like I'm going to make some t-shirts and we're going to start this brand called Palace." And I went, "Can you can you photograph these mm-hmm. t-shirts for me?" And I said, "All right, yeah, I'll try and get it in a magazine." And one of my friends was working at ID and he was the editor there. And I said, "Look, there's this guy called Levin. He's going to start this brand called Palace. We should really do something on them." I sort of really believe in them because there was this gang of skateboarders called pwbc and they look the things what i loved about them is that they didn't look american they weren't taking their references from america they looked very very english and they looked like i don't know they they, they sort of were going to the football that afternoon they weren't really interested in skate culture as a thing but they just skateboarded but the, the, the actual aesthetic of them and they were all called like nugget and like edson and they all sounded like a bit like something dickensian or something a bit like you know, <laughs> know like all of the beano yeah all of yeah all of the gang or the beano or something like that so i sort of i thought i was i don't know I, and they were all so sort of great and so lovely and i thought okay these 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 guys are really sort of like brilliant they're just really nice and they just seemed so and they were very photogenic as well so obviously that was good as well yeah and so and then and then there was this sort of so they, but they, they, it was weird their age range was like something like 42 to like 15 and then Blond- wow. so blondie was this sort of like kid that i sort of saw and I'm, i was looking for a subject for a, a editorial at, for arena on plus magazine and i thought oh god that kid blondie's so good so he rang his mom and said can he come up to we were shooting in doncaster i said can we come can we shoot can we take your um you're allowed to Doncaster do these 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 pictures of him in in you know in some fashion and that and uh, and she said yeah yeah of course because like my assistant Lex knew knew Blondie very well because he my, my assistant Lex is a skate photographer so he does Already all these pictures of he's, yeah. he knows all the skaters knows all about that culture and yeah. knows all the latest English skaters that are really sort of great and and so so he sort of got in touch with Blondie and said go oh, can we take pictures I want to take pictures of you next. I don't know, next week or something like that. Blondie was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, we spoke to his mum and she said, yeah, yeah, no problem. So we did these pictures and I just remember sort of thinking there was just something so sort of magical about the way he looked. But I sort of, it's weird because I thought, sort of saw him as, he looked a bit like a young, very, very, very young Sean Ryder in my sort of head. Right. Mm. Which obviously I quite liked because it sort of reminded me of what I used to like the Happy Mondays when I was growing yeah. up. So I used to listen to, and again, there are sort of, their weird visuals, their sort of scally sort totally, of way yeah. that they sort of, dressed and put themselves out there was very much how my mates would dress and so that was kind of like a it felt made sense for the casting that it, he looked like a young short rider wicked and so um and so we ended up doing these pictures in in Doncaster and then I don't know and then like Lev would Lev had this other star skater called Lucian Clark who was sort of a really big deal but then sort of Supreme had sort of got hold of him and sort of basically he was he was basically skating for Supreme, so he couldn't really wear Palace. A lot of political things with with um, wow. skate brands and yeah, things like yeah. that. So we ended up sort of shooting Blondie. And so Lev was like, oh, well, we should shoot Blondie. And I said, yeah, okay, so let's shoot Blondie because I think he's really good and I like these pictures I've taken him. So we ended up sort of shooting him a lot for all the sort of Palace stuff. And then that's how we sort of, the relationship grew really. So I would sort of see him every three to six months and sort of re-photographed him. And we sort of ended up being mates. And then, and then it sort of, we still continued sort of photographing him and then 
And then I did a Burberry campaign and decided that we were doing a sort of like real cross-section of sort of people from like, uh, from Glenda Jackson to, you know, uh, and like an actor called like Harris Dickinson. And mm -hmm. like, so it, it sort of all made seem to sense to put someone like a skateboarder like Blondie in there because it seemed to sort of... And also quite... Burberry is such a British brand, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I thought it'd be nice to sort of put someone like that in it that's kind of a bit cultish and sort yes. of like uh, like a, certain people would like understand it. So I don't know, if your mum's flicking through and their mum's flicking through Vogue and she's got a picture of Glenda Jackson and their son happens to notice that the page opposite is Blondie McCoy, I thought it was quite a nice, nice yeah. idea yeah. to sort of... Uh, for a casting. That. So, yeah. you know, Christopher Bailey was the... the who was the designer at the time, mm -hmm. like was really into that idea of mm. sort of putting Glenda with Blondie sort of mm. as, a, as, a, as, a, as an idea. And so, um, and so he sort of became this, so he got kind of bigger and bigger and bigger and, and, and then like, and then it came to sort of like him being, I don't know, 20. And then I was speaking to my friend who's a, you know, who's this, um, editor and journalist called Joanne Furness and she was saying oh you should really do a Blondie book and I was like well I have been sort of thinking about doing that and she's like oh no you should do it and I said oh yeah because he's turning 21 that makes sort of a nice idea that sort of those years 15 to 21 sort of really do shape you and totally sort of, and it's such a crucial it, time in anyone's yeah, life yeah I feel sort of think way. it's yeah. the years that sort of you become your you become a person mm. and so I sort of seemed, it seemed to make sense that he was you know to do that sort of time frame and have that documented is an amazing thing yes it's uh and when you sort of see it all together it's like because it's in chronological order and, and things like that, you know the first pictures that we did from Doncaster then to like and you do you do get this sense of like trust between the two of you and yes. friendship yes. and like you're both having a laugh and yeah but, that, I mean, but, that, but that's so enjoyable to look at in photographs isn't it does he look like one of your mates when you was a kid <laughs> well I mean, kind of not really. I mean, like I said, I thought in my first sort of imagining, he looked like a young Sean Ryder, right, right, right. young Sean Ryder. So I sort of that. He's definitely what, got that attitude. That's as well. what I yeah. sort of thought. But I mean, I don't think he does now particularly. But I remember those first pictures, thinking, God, I don't know. For some reason, he really reminded me of of that, and I thought that was quite good. What's it like to publish uh, a book of your own work? I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's quite a good feeling, really. I don't yeah. know. It's a it's. You've had three publications now, haven't you? No, I think we're on. I think we're on. I think we're on f uh, five, I think, what? or six or something. Yeah. What's been your favourite, your most successful for you? Um, I, I mean, I don't know. They're all, obviously, um, I like the, the first one, Ultimate Clothing Company, seemed to be sort of like a big, big hit. <laughs> <laughs> successful. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's quite expensive on eBay for some reason. <laughs> but, um, but um, I mean, I don't know. They're all, they're all sort of, I mean, they've all sort of seemed to fit into the same world. I mean, I'm very sort of, I'm very sort of, I do really, I really like all of them. So, but you know, there's the Palace book. Like, you know, I, I really loved that that sort of period when I was, when we, we did so much stuff together and we yeah. photographed that from like, you know, there's like, I think there's about eight years of, of Palace stuff from the very first picture we did on the South Bank when the, he had only just made his first T-shirts, Lev. And then, and then, you know, and seeing where sort of it documenting is now, that like brand amazing, to like yeah. become this huge Yeah, like phenomenon. people queuing up in Soho to get yeah, in. Yeah, of course. So yeah, they do Palace Time Supreme, entry. don't they? Yeah, yeah it's totally. Crazy, like, it's crazy. I, I, I really love your book, Ceremony. Yes. Oh, right, and yes. um, the whole kind of like Goldstream Guards and these Goldstream, amazing yeah. photographs of soldiers and kind of, it's just an amazing book. Oh, thank you. And um, didn't you do an exhibition of those images as well? So, um I mean, those those pictures came out of like me and my friend, that Joanne, who I just m mentioned. We were watching the Queen Mother's funeral, and we sort of was sort of saying how beautiful it was and how amazing it was. And uh, I remember thinking we should that would be really great to photograph those people. And when she sort of started to become the editor of Arena on Plus, she remembered it and was like, "Going right, we're going to do something on the on the ceremonial troops, which is you know the Coldstream Guards, the Household Cavalry, and then the King's Troop." Mm -hmm. And um, 
And so um, we ended up doing this project for Renown Plus and then eventually I sort of got round to sort of doing a book about it. And then Christopher Bailey saw those pictures and we did this exhibition for Burberry for about, which was lasting for about two weeks. And that was part of what we showed was the ceremony pictures so because great. they're so, so sort of English. And and you did that in collaboration with Lucy Kamara Moore, right, who's yes. a really good friend of ours. Right, okay. And I love everything that she's done. She actually worked at the gallery that I run now 10, ah, right, 10 okay. or 11 years ago. Mm. She was leaving the month I joined. So ah, I kind of right, took okay. her job in a way. And we had this crossover where she was like, god to me because she taught me everything because i'd started in a gallery having never worked in a gallery and knew nothing so i've got a really like strong love for her and we stayed friends and carl who runs the gallery with me carl friedman he's really close friends with her too but she went on to open claire de ruin books yes. which was claire de ruin if you don't know listeners she's no longer alive sadly she passed away but she had an amazing bookshop in tottenham court road that was dedicated to photography and art photography um and she was a really generous wonderful woman i used to go to her shop and buy books there and she would like spend ages with you chatting yeah. about books used together as well yeah, yeah yeah and then lucy after she passed away um lucy then uh took over the brand and sort of kept it alive and has done amazing collaborations with different artists yeah, you guys did an edition didn't you from the ceremony book and um yeah we did we did a we did a, we did a, an edition of i think 45 pictures yeah of, of, of one picture and um but i mean that's how i met lucy was through christopher and we sort of ah. did this whole we did this whole, obviously, the um, the exhibition was called Here We Are, and it was about British photography. So it wasn't just my work. It was like a, it was like all our kind of favourite British photographers. Really. Right, right, right. Or at least some photographers just had photographed Britain. It wasn't necessarily all... It was our favourite British photographers, but then other people that had taken pictures of, it, of Britain as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so they... Um, so they put lots, lots of my work in it, which is very nice. And they put, obviously, people like Tom Wood in there, mm. you know, um, Chris Steele Perkins. There was a lot of uh, amazing... Daniel Meadows, there's a lot of great photography in, in the exhibition. Wow. Have you ever got nervous on a shoot? Um, well, I think every shoot you get nervous. Do you? Yeah, I sort of think... Yeah, you sort of... Because you just... I don't know, like... You can sort of... You can just sort of arrive at a sort of... You can go into a shoot thinking, okay, it's going to be about this and it's going to be about that and I know what I'm doing. And then suddenly you arrive and the weather's not great and or like you've had in your head that you really, the weather was going to be great because the weather report said it was going to be great and then it's not great and it's like bad weather. Yeah. So you sort of think, okay, well, how can I make this still like beautiful? Then you're sort of, say you're doing a shoot for Vogue, you're well aware that the, the photo has to have, you know, um, you know, a certain like level to it because of because it's a Vogue magazine. So you just have it feels it needs to be have a richness and have a quality to it. Yeah. That that certain other magazines you don't probably don't necessarily have to think about. Yeah. That sort of thing. So you know, you arrive and you're thinking, okay, well, it's gonna be a glorious day, and then like we're gonna get all these amazing pictures, and then suddenly it clouds over at midday, and everyone's still in hair and makeup, and you haven't got <laughs> you haven't got the weather you wanted, yeah. or you know, so you so yeah, you, it can be stressful. Like you know, you think everything's fun, but then I don't know. Usually by the second day, you sort of you're in your rhythm, so you're you'll end up being like the second day is usually a bit easier because you sort of you feel like you know what you're doing. Because yeah. mm. like the, you you have like two or two days to do these shoots sometimes, yeah. and it's uh, and there's a lot to do because you know it's there's a lot of like you know it's a 14 page yeah. story has, so has got, a sitter ever made you nervous um morrissey made me very nervous um because i was a huge fan uh i mean yeah sometimes it, what was david hockney like i was just about to ask that. Yeah. i was going to say what about all the artists you well yeah. david hockney was he was really i mean he's a really obviously he's a, he's yeah very big inspiration of mine as well like you know obviously he grew up in bradford so yeah 
uh, I always knew his stuff, and uh, but no, he was he was really he was really funny. Did you do it here or LA? Or? No, it was in it was in his in his um, place in uh, West London, and he was just chain smoking, and he just went, oh, because I had two assistants with me. And he went, oh, you've got a lot of people with you, haven't you? I went, did it take this many people to take a photograph? And I went. <laughs> Well, yeah, sadly, I've got used to it. And he said, well, some, this photographer, I can't remember the name of them, he said, well, they took a lo- lovely picture of me and then he did 10 frames. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, right. That was quite funny. He was trying to, trying to speed you up. Yeah, basically. Get you out the door no, as you're walking speed in. me up, but he was just like, well, why are you, like, why are you just, why have you got all these people with you? Like, wow. what are you doing? But he was very nice. He was just very funny. And what about Gilbert and George? Because they're obviously British icons. Um, yeah, Gilbert and George were, 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 yeah, brilliant. I mean, they've got they've got amazing stories. They've got... Like they, they, they don't disappoint. They are very much what you want them to be, and they are very much like that. And you've done a lot of portraits of kind of art world um, people as well, people like Maureen Paley, Jeremy Della, um, who again, like Maureen, set up a gallery in the seventies in East mm-hmm. London. That's so right. she's a kind of fixture of East London. And the, the the shots of those, they're almost like they're in a pub or something. There's a sense to like East London to them. Well, to that was Not, for, yeah. that was um, a story with actually we were doing with um, Vogue International which was recently and we were sort of like casting we did it we did it at the French house not because I mean the, the magazine so Fra- yeah, yeah yeah so the French house is a famous sort of restaurant and yeah. pub yeah and um and so we want obviously we didn't want to just put sort of fashion models in this context we wanted to sort of put some you know some real people in there but we felt that people needed to be someone yeah and so we asked Maureen and she said yes and we asked Jeremy and he thankfully said yes <laughs> and uh and I've sort of got to know Jeremy quite well through Lucy actually because oh, cool, yeah. she's very 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 good friends yeah, with him yeah. and um so I've met him a few times through her and I'm a, obviously a massive fan of his yeah. work and he has very similar points of view on things and some stuff that he was influenced by that's right. very similar to stuff that I was influenced by mm. um particularly musically and and things like that so um I don't know we just we just like the idea of these characters being in in that context and, great, and have them being something and someone. It is a great thing to document, to sort of like have those great photographs of these figures. I, I don't know, I, I was really happy you'd photograph them because mm. it's a nice kind of record of these, because a lot of people in the art world are quite quirky as well. So and you don't know what like, they look like. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you, they're a name, they're exactly. like yeah, a yeah, brand. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, know yeah, what they look yeah. like. When did and they're you people first, we care about as When well. did you first work with Vogue magazine and what did that feel like? Well, it, or what was your first kind of magazine where you were like, "Oh my God, I grew up what, what like reading this, and now I'm doing well, it." Well, I mean, ID was always one that as I, I sort of always liked by when I was a, was when I was growing up. I mean, the face as well, but it's you know, um, which is sort of suddenly made a comeback. But um, so, but I mean, ID really felt like something. I think Arena on Plus as well because it's oh, because it's because everyone's sort of just quite dismissive of menswear, but I I, I really like sometimes with men's pictures you really sort of have to push because the fashion maybe is not so interesting like sometimes with women's wear you can sort of because the clothing is so fantastic and so brilliant that you don't sometimes don't have to sort of do a lot to sort of create an image because the fashion almost speaks says, for itself. says enough really and right. you can't and, and, and if you try to sort of do something that's above and beyond that it sort of looks a bit sort of weird and mm-hmm. sometimes doesn't work I mean, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. So, but with menswear, you really sort of have to push the imagery in order to make it interesting. So, I knew that being in a being in an arena on plus, obviously, it's such a huge magazine. And you know, when when Joanne first took it on, she was really very very supportive. And then since you know Ashley's now the editor um, of it, uh, he's very supportive too. So, it's a magazine that I always really like working for. What was your first shoot for that? Can you remember? Um, my first shoot was f- um, was called. 
you know, I don't even know what it was, but we I did shoot it in Doncaster as well. And it's not like a stuck record, but like, um, but yes, we, um, I remember, but I remember it, and I remember sort of handing the pictures in and being very happy with them. And they went, oh, okay, we're actually going to hold this over to the next issue. So, oh, no and way. Can you shoot some more? Oh my God. <laughs> but like, that's, that's, that's what it's what, it what was like. your first cover you had? Um, I think it was ID magazine. Really? That was your first cover? Well, you worked a lot there, didn't you, at ID? Yeah. Yeah, it was like it's it's an amazing feeling when you sort of like have a cover out because you just go into the news agent and you can see. I know, yeah, I, I've done that when I've been on the cover. Yeah, it's, it's like you go in there, you sort sad, of do a, do a you, selfie. Did you ever take a picture of the cover of the magazines? Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really sweet. Can I bring something up? So you did a series of male nudes, um, which was so striking to me because they didn't feel sexualized at all, and they felt really like honest and really beautiful photographs. And also, the male nude isn't something you always see in magazines or anywhere really especially in art as well it's sort mm. of becoming more of a thing in painting mm. now um it's, it's often been women you see like naked women and we're used to seeing yeah and, and also this idea of like body image so you photograph some really interesting people lately um such as uh fat nick and i love those photographs i just oh, think you. he is so awesome and then also lizzo and like different sort of people who have different body shapes and i think it's so important now to you know try and increase all of mm. that in the world you know like real people who are really talented and amazing but like and I really liked for example a colleague of yours like in the fashion world Tim Walker his the highlight of his show at the V&A recently for me he's a friend of mine as well mm -hmm. was um, the portraits of Beth Ditto and like the nude portraits of her are like next level exquisite so how do you feel about things she like that she was groundbreaking then when she did all that I mean yeah. that is definitely I mean, I a time when her. everyone was like what yeah 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 she's yeah. just incredible yeah. but how do you feel about that working in the fashion industry and this also, responsibility so there's kind of two questions there one's male nude but also about body image well I'm, okay so we start with the male nude I mean with the male nude I sort of felt like I'd not really seen many pictures of it was a again a British thing I don't think I'd seen many pictures of British men like naked in terms of like a as a as a sort of thing in terms of like a as a subject, I felt like it's like obviously certain people you know like like again like Bruce Weber, her Britsian sort of knew their pictures mm. of being male nudity, but very American and very this sort of perfect sort of you know yeah totally Americana and sort of like you know very athletic and that so I sort of thought it would be like I so a few magazines had asked me to do some male nudity and I sort of thought it'd be great to sort of see some you know. I guess, like something very British about it, and feel again like a similar situation to what I was growing people are like growing up with, and sort of that kind of casting again, and people like that. So I sort of just decided that it would be great to sort of see something like that, like a subject like that, basically. Yeah, like yeah. A, yeah. Like a, um, I guess the British male. Yeah. And so I ended up sort of doing that, and then. But the pictures, I don't know, it's strangely when you're doing nude pictures, it's, it isn't a very, it's a very sort of, it's not a very sexual experience. It's you must have got like, nervous no, then. Did you get nervous doing them ones? Not really, because right. like, you know, there's people, that there's like, you know, you've got, you have got people on set with you. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's her, you know, her amazing. It's a bit like, like um, Lucian Freud when he was doing his paintings. David um, Dawson, Dawson, a friend of ours, we interviewed him recently about, he was a day, uh, Lucian Freud's assistant for mm -hmm. the last 10 years of his life or more. And um, he actually posed naked for him. So it was like Multiple the guy times, he's yeah. working for, he ended up, you know, getting totally nude in front of. And he said, once you get over the initial embarrassment for a minute, you just forget and it just becomes normal and it must be a bit like that you know painting a new drawing a new again it's like every new. picture you take you want the subject to like the picture or at least hope that they like it right. so you just sort of think well okay you've got to sort of like do the best know, by them kind of best for them really yeah, in, yeah. in a weird way i sort of approached that to so it wasn't really it wasn't any different to sort of like how i normally 
shoot a subject, but it's just obviously it's not easy taking like new pictures. It just isn't. But um, but you know, I mean, I think you know, I think we've, I think I've, you know, I think the the pictures that I've done, I, I feel like I'd not I'd not seen sort of like British men sort no, of in in that sort of context and particularly that kind of casting as well. I'd, I'd not really seen that. So it was just a, I guess it's just again, it's just an extension of like of what you want to like a world you want to create and and uh and uh so and it's and it's funny you can sort of you know you there is a lot of female nudity as well because i think females like to look at females naked i sort of think that men don't necessarily like to look at men naked but women like when you do a nude for vogue of a woman like you know it's because you have to sort of get yourself in a mindset with vogue you, you know these pictures are for women interesting so you can sort of and and like a lot of the time the stylist is like oh let's do a nude or whatever you know and really and then and then because they like looking at women naked they oh, think interesting. Yeah. do you get a lot of feedback from women as well when you when you publish those kind of shoots what, in terms of what like friends and saying they love the sh- the photos yeah i mean well hopefully you know yeah. i mean they they seem to mm-hmm. but like That's so interesting and then what, what about people like Fat Nick and the kind of idea of photographing different kind of body shapes? Do you feel well, I mean, responsibility in the fashion world now for that? Or? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, he just sort of, I mean, like, like I don't know. Someone like Lizzo and Fat Nick, they are they are themselves. Yeah, they are who they are. So you just photograph them again. Like, they are... Right. I don't really treat a subject differently. Like, I don't sort of think, oh, I need to be, like, extra sensitive. Or, like, you know, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. they are like, they are who they are, and yeah. they are like that. And, like, Fat Nick is just... You know, he he is like that, and he was like he couldn't wait to get his shirt off. You know, he was very sort of proud of his, you know, yeah, his body, of himself. Yeah, yeah like, he's amazing. He, yeah, he looks. Yeah. I mean, I thought he looked great. I mean, yeah. his dreadlocks and you know, and totally, and his body is like it's an amazing subject. Amazing. So he and, and the fact that he was so confident and wanted to basically take his shirt off within like yeah three frames <laughs> of awesome. the shoot. Well, we ask every contestant guest that comes contestant. on two very important questions the first one is if you could do an art heist and you could have any work of art in the world for yourself legally your touchstone artwork what would it be and why i mean i don't know it's a it's a it's such a it's such a hard question that and i've been really thinking all weekend but then you sort of i don't know like i do like art that really sort of emotionally touches me mm-hmm. as in it's a similar feeling that you get from when you listen to a song that you really sort of find Sometimes I find that music sort of gets dismissed in all this, but then when you sort of like hear a song and it really affects you, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And so there's very few bits of art that have sort of done that. And I was sort of thinking about it. Like I thought the Mark Leckie thing at the, the, the current, that actually just closed, I think it closed yesterday or yeah. something like that. That really, the recent one I thought that well, was What really, was it? What was the work like? It's a, a video art. So he did three videos. Mm-hmm. And and I've always been a huge fan of it, but it, again, like he's come from a similar background to me. He grew up in Liverpool, so I sort of understood it all, and that, that really was emotionally charged. And where did you see that? It's at the Tate Britain. Cool. But it's just close. So yeah, I can't really recommend it. It'd be on their website, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Video, well, maybe yeah. we can find it somewhere else. Yeah. I love Mark Lucky. Yeah, no. So that was one of the things that I saw recently that, that affected me and was like, wow, that's really beautiful that's and awesome. really amazing. And then. But I mean, I have to be honest. Like, as obvious as it is, I do think that Sistine Chapel and that Last wow. Judgment by Michelangelo is yeah. like you. You go into that Sistine Chapel and you are like, okay, that's that's really amazing. Yeah. Like, because because it again, it's like it's it really strikes an emotional chord with you. It's like listening yeah. to like a you know a song by one of your favorite singers. It, like, and I like when a, when art touches me like that. Really. Yeah. Which is maybe, but so I mean, that would be in my that would be in my. Uh, well, we're going to help you. We're going to take the Sistings. Well, it's quite a big, it's quite a big thing. Garden. Yeah, we're going to make it work. <laughs> Do you collect anything anyway? You're a collector of things. I mean, I, tr- I, I, 
I am and I'm not at the same time. I sort of like, I don't know, I sort of try because I'm so sort of, you can get really engrossed in like, in photography and things like that. So almost, I sometimes find it very difficult to sort of buy stuff for my for my walls at home because I sort of feel like, sometimes I just don't want to sort of engage with it. Yeah, yeah. You need time to switch off. Yeah, a little bit. And when you've sort of got like a, I bought some pictures by Nigel Shaffron recently, who's a, he's a, another great photographer that, you know, that I like. And he did these sort of infamous pictures in the early 90s that were called uh, Teenage Teenage Precinct Shoppers. And it's basically just some pictures of some kids that are like, in a shopping centre, mm. and uh, and I, I remember thinking, God, they're really they're really great, aren't they? And uh, so he sort of he did an edition of them. So I bought a few of those, and they're really lovely. Uh, and but like sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I don't really like I, get, I don't really want to engage in it. Sometimes because yeah. I just feel like sometimes I just need a <laughs> not to think minimal. about it. it needs to be minimal. Oh my god, a I, little bit, minimal yes, mind. Yeah, so much at the moment. I've, I've I've moved house and I've I've got all the art like wrapped up, and because I've been so busy in the last year since moving, like six months ago or something, I haven't been able to install any art yet. He offered to hang the art for me, but I did, I can't decide because actually I'm really enjoying living with nothing in the house. I'm right, loving okay. the minimal. Just I feel so free having no, no visual stimulation around me, which is terrible as a gallerist and as a printmaker and as a and as a collector. Yeah, but you're sa- okay. If you're saturated at work, I, I yeah, guess you need to keep that clarity. The odd thing is though I still want to buy things so I still want to collect art like the art That's you've been showing recently me recently I know you've again. reignited my yeah. collecting bug yeah. but weirdly I don't think I'd you want to hang those, it, hang it yeah. on my wall Yeah, I, it's I really lot. crazy the other, the other question we ask every guest is what is your favourite colour? Um, if it's, a, if it's a, in a photograph it would be red and if it's just a, my favourite colour it would be blue and why in a photograph? because red really does it really does pop in a photograph it really that, the way the film I don't know. I, I, I always think the way the film sort of responds to, it, especially in sunlight, it re- red really does. I don't know. Really does come alive. Wow. I don't know. I notice it a lot. It's a dynamic color. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So yeah. I'm always very happy when a stylist has something red on. There. Really. <laughs> Real. Note yeah. for stylists who well, listen yeah, to this podcast. Well, yeah, because it's just yeah. something sometimes just just Pops. makes a picture like really easy. Like it, it's it's funny. And when blue I, in real life because. Well, because I don't know. I just like it. Yeah. I think. I don't know. I think the primary colours you can't really beat, but like you know, I guess yeah, blue. I just like. I always did like, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then red in since I've started doing photography. Interesting. Some of my favourite photos by you. There, there's one of Amanda Harlech and her dog. <laughs> I love oh, yeah, that yeah. portrait. Oh, thank her you. with her dog. I think it's mo- and it's a black and white photo. Funnily enough, yes. talking about colour, but it's such an amazing picture. And I really love the one of Saoirse Ronan. As yes, well. my God. Oh, well, that was another gentlewoman one. Yeah. God, that picture is exquisite. Well, thank you very much. I mean, she has blue eyes. I think in that picture, maybe. It's well, I think she has blue eyes. Striking eyes. No, but I'm not. <laughs> what I mean, what I mean is the word. Word blue. For some reason, talking about colour started bringing your images to my mind, right, okay. and they were the two things that suddenly came into my head. And I, thought, oh, I, I have one more, uh, one more portrait to ask about. It's Joey Essex from The Only Way Is Essex. What was that like? Russell, him? we love Essex. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I just really liked him, and then that well, was your idea. That was your concept. Well, I kind of. I just, I just remember watching that. I think I was in Paris one. That it sounds really like. It sounds really. Like, I don't know I was staying at this fancy hotel in Paris yeah. <laughs> so which one which one was <laughs> it Le, Le, Le Bristol yes and, not, the, um, not the old Creon I used to love that one um, fancy one well there's loads of fancy ones there to be are, fair. Yeah. but like sometimes Paris. sometimes like sometimes it's a bit like being at home and you sort of feel like you've got artwork on your walls and you just feel a bit like oh it's kind of just a bit overwhelming or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that you feel like I just need to I remember being in Le Bristol and and this, the only way is Essex has just started on ITV. And I remember thinking, it was the first episode, I remember thinking, what is this mental program? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I remember thinking the very idea of me watching 
like reality TV, reality TV yeah. in the Bristol <laughs> on ITV <laughs> Two. Amazing. <laughs> I felt really sort of like uh, what a paradox. Like I felt yeah, it yeah, was yeah. sort of so sort of like I don't know, like the sort of traditional French and English sort of hating each other. So the very idea of me watching like I don't know, watching yeah. genius, watching you're like a, anyway, a Brexit lever, is there? Yeah, with I, just like I, was, like, I will watch being really rebellious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, and I just I don't know. And then I sort of. And then he sort of came in like the, the, the I don't know, the ser- the later series he came in or something like that. And I remember thinking, two, yeah. God, he's actually sort of, see, so you know exactly. Oh, I've never missed an episode. Oh, of course. So I remember thinking like, as sort of, I remember sort of thinking he's so sort of like quite charming and quite sweet. And I remember thinking he's actually dresses really well. He's sort of almost dressed like Wham in their early sort of like days. <laughs> yeah. club, club. And I was thinking, well, he's just really brilliantly dressed. And then again, my friend was like working on GQ style at the time and, and I was going, well, what, we just do Joey Essex? He just seems so sort of like, like I think he's really good and he dresses really well. He was so. a zeitgeist as well for a while. So you caught that zeitgeist. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's also I about just... youth culture and youth. But I know, I just what? remember seeing it though and being like, Joey Essex is in GQ. I mean, but did he behave like Were he you was... jealous, babes? Were you threatened? No, no I loved that. I loved the like... <laughs> He's so competitive. I loved the, like, the oxymoron of it. It was just like, what? But did he turn up acting like, of course you're going to photograph him? Or was he like, why am I here I at GQ? I just don't... I don't think anything really registers with him. I think he just... <laughs> to be honest, like I said, like I can meet all these people and they are... And the ones that are themselves tend to be the sort of really great people, like people like Adele, but he was totally himself. And like, he is what he is. Yes. On tele- what you see, you don't... He doesn't ever... He doesn't ever change. He's just like that. And I sort of really appreciated the fact that he was like that. But also what I appreciate is that someone had sort of someone had sort of taken a picture from the actual um, article and done a poster of him round and um, sort of fly posted it round the whole of Soho. And it and they basically did the Supreme thing, but it was it was spelled S-U-P-R-E-E-M. Like because obviously <laughs> he said that word Reem all the time, didn't yeah. he? So like they just changed it Ooh. to Supreme. So they which I thought was very good. But isn't that, that incredible nice. though that someone like him who's just like this reality TV star can infiltrate culture on that level for a period of time. Yeah, yeah I mean brilliant. I don't know. I sort of found I found that I don't know. I sort of for a bit I thought that program was like utterly charming. I yes. sort of thought they were like as 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 kind of like as ridiculous as that program was, I yeah. sort of thought they were just very sort of quite I, quite I, charming people. I've had know. to defend it a lot for my like kind of appreciation of it. But my thing is that I watch it, and as an actor, if someone's having an argument on a bus with their boyfriend, or they're talking on the phone down the street, or someone's, I'm always I'm always got one ear open to it. And I always found with Towie that when they forget that the camera's on and they have these emotional breakdowns with like partners who've been cheating on them or that are friends who've let them down. It's fascinating uh, character studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and people just I'm always kind of snobby about. Well, them, it's almost I, like it's been directed by Ken Loach or Mike Lee or something. A hundred percent. When they of, forget you know, the cameras there yeah, and, yeah. and they save these emotions for the camera, it's like mm. you don't get anything like that. It's the no, truth, I, isn't it? Yeah, and actually, it's inclusive too. It's like it's our, it's like what our whole tag is for our talk art, like art for, art for everyone. everyone. It's like people need to stop being so snobby and open their minds because well, a you little learn bit. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. No. I don't know. I I sort of I've I've never really gone into this to be like really cool and sort of just photograph you know what you should sort of tick a box kind of people that you sort of think. I don't know. I thought Joe Essex was like was really one of the best dressed people in yeah. in the country at that time, and I sort of thought like I don't know. I I thought he was really charming and just like the idea of, of, of photographing him. Yeah, I thought amazing. he was genius. <laughs> well, <laughs> this has been a total joy. Yes. I loved every minute of it. Thank you oh, so well, much good. for coming Super on, mate. Fascinated right. and inspired. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Do you think you'll listen to this now? Probably. 
Probably. Maybe. It might be Good. First one endorsement. It might, be, it might be my first podcast. <laughs> Yay! Yay! But then it might just have one listener. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I uh, think you'll have more than that. Lately. My mum. It's you and my mum then. Yeah, yeah, me and my mum will oh, yeah. as well. Judith my mum's going to love it. Great. Okay, um, good. Yeah, so for everyone listening, you can see images um, on Instagram at TalkArt. And you're on Instagram as well, aren't you? That's right, yes. What and you have it? your own website too. Yep. I visited it. You've What's got your own logo handle? even. You've got your own brand. I saw that. You have like a, your name is like a letter. It's almost like a 90s rock band or something. Uh, like pop well, it's just a, I think it was just a sticker. But, um, sticker, yeah, it's yeah just, no, it looks like a sticker. It's exactly, just and then my Instagram is Alistair McClellan. But it reminded me slightly of like era of like pulp and things like that, where people had these kind of stickers that you used to take home and then stick on your. Yeah, it was. A, it or... is a little bit like that. Yes, yeah. yes. In a nice way, not in a bad way. No, no. I, yeah. Well, I, I hope so. Good time. <laughs> well, I've loved it, and um, we will be back very soon. Thank Thanks you very for much. Listening. Thanks for coming on, mate. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Cheers. Excellent. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at TalkArt, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.